You are listening to TJ Talks. Be aware, this show contains explicit language. Welcome to TJ Talks. I'm Judd. And I'm Teresa. Hey, good afternoon. We've had a one-week hiatus, but we are back and we are rocking and rolling. We have so much to say. Oh, my God. You know, everything is going on. The, the world is just popping off, and I can't <laughs> believe it. You know? Blowing up, right? Isn't the world... Well, I guess we don't want the world to blow up, but no, yes. No, but... There's a lot going on. But people are dying just left and right. They're dropping like flies, Judd. It's not good out there. <laughs> Well, okay, yeah, since we've spoken, or since we've last spoken, we didn't discuss Whitney Houston's untragic drowning, right? It was a drown. Was a drug overdose, drowning, who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's she drowned because she was overdosed on drugs, right? I, I think it was an episode of Dexter gone bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a mess. And I, I love the pictures. I'm sorry, it's morbid and black humor, but I love... I love that she's just a junkie, okay? And that's fine. Do whatever you want to do. Rock your own boat. But the pictures of her at the party the week before, like on a Thursday night, she's at some party at Clive Davis's house. And every picture, she has to be held up by somebody. Somebody's holding her up. That's how out of control, stupid drunk she is. And yes, it's sad when anyone dies, blah, blah, blah. But this isn't sad. She did it to herself. She's a bajillionaire. She's got Bobby B mourning her. I mean, it just, it, I'm over it, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, and I think the world is, too. So let's quit talking about Whitney. Let's talk about somebody important. Davy Jones. Davy Jones. My God. Didn't, didn't have him on my Deadpool. Damn it. You know, did we have Whitney on the Deadpool? I don't think she was on. Was she? I think we did a couple years ago. We talked about, or did we? how sad we've been doing this for a couple years. I know. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple years. And I think we talked about how, actually, I think we talked about her and Winehouse are too much gimmies. Like, oh. you know they're going to die, right? And we were right. So, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, wait, do we have our finger on the pulse of something going on here? I don't know. I think there's no pulse for those people, and we have our finger on them. So. <laughs> the, 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 nope. hmm. Maybe it's the touch of the Grim Reaper just because we talk about him. The one person – so, Davy Jones, 66, dies of a – do we know? Heart, a heart attack? Or yeah, heart attack. I mean, not totally unexpected, but – he seemed like a healthy guy and not in – you've never heard about him being in ill health, so it is a little unexpected. Right. But, of course, I mean, you think that when people have, like, high cholesterol or whatever, especially as you get older, you're seeing the doctor more often. Just that's the way it is. Right. And he was in Florida. That's where old oh. people go to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I have heard that about Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's too bad. He's my favorite monkey. I actually saw the monkeys did when they you? did their first reuniting tour or whatever. It was one of the, I don't know, fourth or fifth concerts that I ever went to. And it was great. It was like 1987. Oh, my God. See, I always heard that MTV was started by one of the monkeys, by by one of those guys. Uh, no, with, I thought they invented Whiteout or something. With, Wasn't that with the M, what, what's it? One of the Mickey. Michael Nesmith. Yes, that he was or the. Mickey Dolan. One of the M's stands. That's the M in MTV. That's what I what? thought I had heard. Yeah. No way. I've got to Google that. Yeah, go, Google funny. that. I want to know. Mickey Dolan's founded MTV. All right. I'll I look know, for that. I'm did, correct did, you. I'm, I'm going to Snopes that. Did a monkey uh, uh, start MTV? That's, I'm, that's my Google. Did, uh, <laughs> the monkeys. 
Any sign of it? No, 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 no. Well, I guess I should cite then Mickey Nolan. Did did uh, M- Mickey? I don't know how you spell it. Mickey Nolan is that his name? Nolan's D O L E N Z. God, why do I know so much about the monkeys? I know. <laughs> I don't think he did. Okay. I think it's Michael Nesmith, and he um, invented Whiteout. Hmm. That's the other urban legend. And you know what? We should write these down because we're going to do an urban legend show coming up soon. So if anybody out there in podcast land has an urban legend that they would like us to debunk or prove, send it in so we can find out if some of these things are true. Yeah. that's that you know, be- we all know those stories, you know, about, well, there are things we don't even want to talk about in mixed company, but we'll talk about them on that show. <laughs> there you go. You know, some Rod Stewart stomach full of semen urban legend. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, right? Did that happen? And the gerbil thing for Richard Gere. We're going to get to the bottom of that. We're going to find out what really happened. We, we, I think we could find uh, – we could get to the bottom of a lot of those things. A lot of those things, right? Yeah. Yes, I should. All right. So what are we talking about today? Oh, oh here. I do have some info just real quick. Oh, no. I oh, do. No. I do. <laughs> Michael Nes, uh, Nesmith. Yes. Uh, um, it says, uh, let's see here, uh, is sometimes called the stepfather of MTV because he produced a half-hour pilot for a music video show called Pop Clips. The series was never made, but uh, Nesmith sold the rights to Time Warner, which tweaked the idea and spawned MTV. So did he make any money off of that then? Probably not, right? Uh, and, oh, and Nesmith's mother invented correction fluid or liquid vapor. Oh, okay. So I was it, sort of right about yeah. something. So there, sort of right. So, so there you go. Uh, there's your, your, uh, bit of useless trivia, but we have lots more useless stuff to talk about. I know. You know, and this was a leap year. Yes. And, um. Which today, is a quadrennial occasion. I learned that word this year quadri- or this week. That, quadrennial. What, what does that mean? Quadri- Happens every four years. Quadrennial. Like, like the Olympics. I see. <laughs> I'm thinking four year, and then I'm thinking like maybe is it like centennial, quadrennial, like every yes, 400 years? Yes, quadrennial. Sometimes computers don't recognize the quadrennial problem that Leap Year presents. So, yeah. yeah. Damn Just those. ask the IT department in my company. <laughs> Damn bastards. <laughs> Snarky guys. Well, the, the deal is, is that it, it is that one day that just doesn't fit because, you know, people that are don't want things to happen very often will do things like, you know, get married on the 29th. Right. That way you only have to remember your anniversary once every four every years. Every four years. That's not a bad <laughs> idea, actually. I like it. You know, if you, if you were born on that day, does that mean that you're a lot younger than the rest of us? Right, right, right. I'm, I've only had seven birthdays. Yeah, exactly. You're only seven years old as opposed to whatever. 28, right? Yeah, yeah whatever right. <laughs> I don't know. That's whatever. funny. So um, I thought this special day, it was Wednesday, and they played the Florida Lottery, and I bought a lottery ticket, and I proposed out there just the fact that, you know, I could dream for a, a little bit. So yeah. on, on this show today, we're going to talk about hypothetical questions. Those questions that if you were given this situation – what would you do? You know, it's probably never going to happen to you, but what the hell? We're going to go ahead and 
and talk about those things. Yes, and they're hypothetical questions that you have to answer, like gun to your head kind of hypothetical questions. Oh, my gosh. You come up with an answer, all right? <laughs> so there's none of this, I don't know, and it's not really going to happen. No, we're going to lay it out there, and I need to know what I need to know from you. So oh, my gosh. Just okay. know that going in. Well, I'm Although s- my questions are very tame. So okay. okay, well, let me start off with the first question. The, right. the, this is the softball warm-up question here. Okay. So... If I had a million dollars, or you could say a hundred million dollars, you know, kind of that unlimited money, if money was no object, what would you do? Okay, so, yeah, because it makes a difference. A million dollars is great, but a million dollars doesn't change your life forever, and it doesn't change generations of your life forever, right? So a million dollars is awesome. In fact, right now, $10,000 would make a world of difference to me, but a million dollars would be lovely. Unlimited money means I don't ever owe anyone anything ever again, which is a bonus. Everybody I know goes to college and their grandchildren. Everybody, uh, if they want to, whatever. And I would have a really nice car because I would really like that. (laughs) I don't even know that I need a bigger house. I guess I would get one. Um, I don't need a lot of stuff, but I would like the security that that kind of money would bring is that maybe that's because I'm old. That's why I want, but don't you think security is priceless when it comes to your financial stability? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny because here I ask you this question and you probably can ask a lot of different people this question. They're like, Oh, I mean, you, you say you want a car. Well, you just want a, a better car. It's not, right. like, it, you know, on your list, it wasn't like, well, I want a Lamborghini, blah, 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 blah. So I, you know, it's nothing like, crazy stuff. I don't need a yacht. I don't need my own plane. I don't need any of that. I just would like a nice, well, I would like a BMW. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that would look lovely in my driveway, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> do you know what would be hard about getting that kind of money, though? It's like, what do you do with it initially? It would just be sitting in your bank account, and then you have to start doing stuff with it because it can't just sit there. Well, you know, I buy these lottery tickets, and it's like the, the moment of a dream because you go, oh, well, for at least the out couple hours that you buy it and then to the point where they have the drawing, right. you could be the winner. The pe- There's that split second. Yeah. Do you have the same thing in, Flor- in Florida where you put your ticket in the scanner to find out if you're a winner? Yes. And it scans your thing and it's that 1.5 seconds before it tells you you're not a winner. That it could say you're a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Five seconds of this is it. This is it. I'm not working tomorrow. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Doing the happy dance. The the worst part is when it says winner and it doesn't tell you how much money you won. Right. It just says winner. See cashier. See cashier for your two (laughs) dollars. You got a free ticket. (laughs) Oh yes, I know, and I know that money. There's an expression that I've heard that I really, really like. That if money is the answer to your problems, then you really don't have any problems, right? If anything that's wrong with you can just be fixed by money, then that's really not a problem. You know, I've never heard that. But it feels like sometimes problems that can be fixed by money that you can't fix because you don't have the money really do seem like problems. They are. It doesn't buy you health. It doesn't buy you happiness. I get all of that. But I'd like to try to buy some of it. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, here's the thing. Nothing that you've said is talking about those things right it's just comfort and security not like copious uh, you know change the uh 
you know, the economy of the world. It's like, you know, they talk about Apple has now more cash on hand than the country of Poland. I don't, have you heard that? Yes, I've heard that. Yes. That's, is that crazy or what? It's, it's crazy. It's an amount of money that's very inconceivable to the rest of us, especially when, I don't know, you know, we all live sort of hand to mouth. Even if we have savings, it's still not forever. Half and a trillion scary. dollars. Half a trillion. A trillion dollars, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Well, that's interesting, and I can't think. What would you would you do anything different than what we talked about? Would you would you work? Yeah, but I'd work for myself, have my right. own company. I would. I mean, I would feel like I'd have to have my own company, and I'd have to come up with and something. You could do philanthropic things, which would be nice, and give to people, and all of that. I'd write a book. I'd go on my speaking tour. Right. <laughs> Oh, wait, I'm going to do that anyway. So. Although, there you Hell go. Yeah. I like this. Same. Yeah. Hmm. Although, do you ever watch that show about they won the lottery and then within two or three years, most people that have won are flat broke again? Well, not only that, but they go through major depression and have right. all yeah. sorts of bad stuff. It's like it's like the worst thing to happen to people. Because they, everybody they know wants money from them and, yeah. What's that old joke? Hey, honey, I won the lottery. Pack your bags. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're not staying. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. All right. Well, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. And all right. So I'm going to ask you, this is a tame one, right? Okay. That's fine. Okay. Would you rather know a lot about a little or a little about a lot? So I think I know the answer to this for you, but you tell me. I I would rather know. Well, it's what I know now. A little about a lot. <laughs> I was just going to say, that actually applies to you because you knew the, the weirdness about uh, Michael Nesmith and the and the MTV thing. That was a weird chunk of knowledge that I didn't know. So, yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's the crazy trivia stuff. And why? Because I think that as you encounter people in your, in your day-to-day life, places that you go, everybody has different unique experiences. And if you can know something that they know that's kind of unique, you can have a connection. And that's a starting point of a conversation. Right. If, if all you know is the only, and, and it also gives you a well-roundedness. Right. That, that if you, all you are is just, all I know is computer stuff and <laughs> geeky stuff, then that's the way that your perception is. But if you are willing to talk about everything, you know, that there is from science to, you know, art to whatever there is, history, then yeah. then you're well-rounded. And you're more pleasant to be around, right? Like, we uh, yeah. all know those sort of single-minded, myopic people that only know whatever it is, be it sports or, like you said, computers or something, or their job is all they'll talk about. Oh, and right. it's just a little bit of a bummer, and they're not, yeah, not how, good conversationalists. How can you have cocktail chatter? Correct, which I love. <laughs> I just love the cocktail part. The chatter is fine. I'll take or leave it. But. I know. For someone like myself who likes to talk a lot, mm-hmm. I do like knowing a lot about or a little bit about a lot of different things. So, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to, to be that person, like, you can change. You can be somebody who's very focused. But all you have to do is just open your mind and read a little bit, right? Or yeah, shoot, I, even through Facebook. Just the exposure of different topics all the time, I think, makes your brain start thinking that way. And then you sort of crave that trivial knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think. So. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Okay. Is it my turn? Yes. Okay. Let's see here. In my list. All right. I'm going to go for a... All right. I'm going to go for a, 
Uh, an abs- yeah, I don't know what you call this. <laughs> a cruel. Here's a cruel one for you. Ooh, okay. If you could be a guy for a day, what uh-huh. would you do? Hypothetically. If I could be, I'd pee standing up and I'd be thrilled. <laughs> I'd pee on everything, actually, because that's what you guys do, right? That's, know, that's, that's the rumor. <laughs> I hate making sweeping generalizations about men, and I don't enjoy uh, man bashing. So if I were going to be a man for a day, I would... That's hard. First of all, 24 hours isn't long enough to really enjoy being a man. But uh, I guess I would find all the girls that I think are hot right now and go ask them out. Maybe that's what I do. <laughs> so if, uh, okay, lady friends, if any, if your phones start ringing one day, I might just be calling you if I have my wish to be a man for one day. I can't really say I'd do anything different. I, I don't know. I, I think sort of. I mean, does it change you? I mean, you think about how guys look at girls and uh, how girls look at guys. I I think it would be interesting to be a man and walk into like a bar, okay? And I'm a, I'm a woman and middle-aged and I go to bars and yeah. I've gone to bars by myself, right? Uh-huh, right. And so there's that little bit of weirdness, like, why are you here alone? What are you doing? There's a little impropriety, but you know, everybody needs a drink, so it's usually that crowd's accepting of it. So if you were a man, you wouldn't have any of that. There's no judgment made about you if you walk into a bar by yourself, right? Like, would you renegotiate your salary? <laughs> you know? Cause yeah, that's men, a good question you know? because I'm sure there are men that make more doing the same exact job that I have. So you're probably right. I, sh- I should probably think about that. Of course, I only think about going and getting a drink. So that's probably <laughs> why my salary uh, limits are, are limited. But, but I think... And also another thing about being a guy is, like, I think you would have an inherent better feeling of safety. Like, generally, you wouldn't feel like men are victimized in the way that women can be. And I never have been. I'm not saying that. But walking down a a dark street at night, Mm -hmm. I think as a man, you would probably do that in a way different fashion than we do as women. And I don't live in fear or any of that stuff. And like I said, I've never been a victim of crime. But I do have I do know that I'm always hyper aware of where I am and what I do because of that. And if I were a guy, I think I wouldn't worry so much about that stuff. And, and you could get it. lucky with Justin Bieber. Ugh. Uh, sorry. He's no eight, way. You know, that's another thing. He's 18 now. <sighs> so, so that was a big thing. He, I guess, uh, tweeted to yesterday or his birth, for his birthday that, hey, Cougars. I'm, I know I'm, ha, ha, ha. I'm 18 now. I, I'm 18 now. I'm legal. Ha, ha, ha. See, and I think we, did we talk about this on the show not too long ago about do guys really want that young person? Because I think women may say they want it, but they really don't. Really? Because what is he going to do for me at 18? I'm sorry. And, and he's in the music business, so maybe he's humping every day of his life. I don't know. But I just can't he's, imagine he's got any skills that are going to work for me. He's got I don't a, know. He's got a girlfriend. He's, he's not, right. he's not even available. So he's not available. No, so yeah, but uh, don't get me started about on Jean Desjardins though. Oh, well, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. My post Oscar. Oh yeah, well, yeah. We're, we're going to hit that after we'll all hit. of this stuff. Here. <laughs> Man, I can only hope to hit that, but oh well. <laughs> all right. All right. So that was my answer. I hope okay. it was sufficient. And uh-huh. I, yeah. 
I would definitely go to a bar and try to get laid and feel safer. So you mean you'd you'd go to a bar and get turned down by copious amounts of women right. <laughs> and find out what and, and you would and you would find out what real rejection's all about. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny because as a girl, I think you're a guy. You walk into a bar, you can probably have any woman you want if you you know play no. your cards right. No, but I guess it's not always true. No, right? if, if I was a girl, I'd just stay home in my bedroom. <laughs> I'd be like this. Oh. Self-exploration for like, 24 well, hours, uh, right? It would, it would be like, I don't know if you watched uh, Scooby-Doo, the, yeah. the one on that island with Mr. Bean. And, and then, you know, because their, their, their souls or whatever swap bodies or whatever, <laughs> you know. it's and, and so Shaggy was like Velma in Velma's okay. body. And he's going like, well, oh, I've got Velma's body. Mm. <laughs> and he started touching himself. And I was like, yep. <laughs> That's what you would do, <laughs> That's right? That's it. Well, that's funny. You sick bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I definitely wouldn't spend a lot of time touching myself no. if I were a guy. But I know men enjoy doing that. So right. <laughs> uh, there's a sense of comfort there or something. I, guess. I don't know. I, I don't anyway, know. I, I'm, okay. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. All right. So we're going down this road. Let's just keep going down it. I, I we'll, knew it was going there. So. <laughs> it's going to go there. The lowest common denominator. All right, Jed. You can only get your porn. From one source for the rest of your life, and it can't be the internet. So what what source are you going to rely on? No more iPad, no more inter- internets, you know. What are you going to do? You're assuming that I actually look at any of that kind of stuff. Is your heart beating and you're a man? Then yes, I'm assuming that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, for me, this isn't hard. Really? Yeah. You, you no, just, I, you no. just look in the mirror and you're no, good to go. That's exactly it. <laughs> oh, man. You know. So let's discuss what other sources of porn are there. I, I guess you got to go back to being 13 years old. I'll go over to, you know, my friend's house and check out his, <laughs> check out his dad's magazines that are <laughs> underneath the bed. <laughs> right? Yeah, so- you know, I have to tell you, when I was little, we did that. Um, you know, because that's sure. what, that's what we, we had. And I can remember looking at playboys and penthouses over at, uh, uh, so, some kids I went to elementary school with, which I, if yeah. I say their names, I'll get in trouble. I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, uh, most of the people that are listening probably know who they, well, you might know who they are. Might know the who they are. Uh-oh. Yeah. The old neighborhood. Yeah. From the old neighborhood. <laughs> okay. So, so you wouldn't just go only with DVDs. Oh, no, you know, I'll tell you what, I, I think I'd probably go to reading stories as well. Oh, I would probably go okay. to, you know, read some good forums or something like that. All right, that, all right. That would, right. That would you know, because, like, there was that scene, I don't know if you ever watched um, Moonlighting, but uh, okay. in Moonlighting, the character, the Bruce Willis character, shows up in the office and he has a book around, on the outside and on the inside he has a forum magazine. Uh-huh. And, you know, and... Uh, Sybil, Shep- Sybil Shepherd catches him there. What are you reading that stuff for? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wasn't as hard for you as I thought it was going to be. But you know what? Even when I was on the submarine, we didn't have the internet. We had magazines. That's true. You know, uh, that's what we did. And we, we traded. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you need to have something fresh and new every once in a while, and, right? And I will tell you this. Uh, a guy who, at least back in before, the, now it's getting co-ed submarining, but... Uh, which that's a whole nother story, but 
<laughs> back in the day, if you went to sea and you didn't have porn, you might as well have hung it up because you weren't getting nothing. That was your persona non grata, right? That, yeah. They're, they're the three things that you need to have when you go to sea on a submarine cans of Coke, chocolate bars, and porn. <laughs> That's it. If you have that, you can get anything done. <laughs> Sounds like a good Saturday, yes. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and if you if you have inspectors coming on board, you make sure when you make their bed that that magazine just fits right underneath their pillow, just nice. <laughs> <laughs> and amazingly, you pass the inspections. And you pass the inspection. Pass, I love it. And you pass the inspections. So, uh, yes, there is, uh, you know, it, 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 some people put chocolate on the pillows. We put porn under porn the Porn under the pillows under in the Navy. Good yes. to know. All right. So now you know. That's good to know. <laughs> did, I, did I successfully dodge that a little bit there? <laughs> no, you answered it. You did okay. fine. You did fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, without the internet, though, you have to really think about, what am I going to do? <laughs> well, there, there, was, there was pre-porn internet, right? <laughs> well, thank goodness for porn or because we wouldn't have an internet. Pre-internet porn. That's Correct. What, oh yes. yeah, it was. Yeah. A, it's been a thriving business forever, yeah. but I think it thrives now. It, yeah. All right. Well, believe okay. it or not, not all of my questions are adult or uh, <laughs> are not. Uh, you knew I had to take it to the low. I know. Low okay. So, so. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead with this one here. What organ would you be willing to donate, dead or alive? Oh, okay. Um, I'm already an organ donor on my driver's license, so Uh whatever organs they need and can use, I'm willing to give. Tough, tough call because, yes, if you're alive and someone asks you for a kidney, right, Mm -hmm. And, and you can survive with one kidney and they could survive with your other kidney, that's a huge responsibility because then... You only have one kidney left, right? So you couldn't – I probably couldn't live the way I live now if I knew I only had one kidney. I'd have to kind of clean up my act a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking alcoholically right now. <laughs> so. And, of course, there are people I love and treasure that I would gladly donate a kidney for. But I would be like, sure, you can have it and then be a little hesitant on the fact that oh, I probably got to quit drinking now. <laughs> that would bump me out a little bit. But I would not be opposed to any of that. And in fact, um, know, know about organ donation almost firsthand in that my, when my father died, his corneas were donated. I think that might have been the only thing left that worked. And um, and we got a letter from somebody who received them. So, yeah, I mean, that's huge and, and very touching. So it, it's a big thing. I do not understand the people who fear it or claim that it's wrong to donate organs or to desecrate your body. I don't understand that thinking at all. I can't imagine why you wouldn't, why everybody isn't a donor. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah. I'm trying to think if, like, I mean, if you want to go crazy with it and say donate your lungs, I can't, I can't think. Lungs, like, right? That lungs, kidneys, what else do people donate while they're alive? You can can you now donate parts of your liver? Like, can't they take parts of it now? And is that and right? I think so. And especially specifically, if you're related, then you could attach it to an almost dead liver, and it will start to grow and that kind of thing. You know what? I wonder. I wonder how many times a person's heart can be retransplanted over time. Oh, that's a good question. You, you right? know, like yeah. let's say that you know you're in your 40s and you have a heart, and you yeah. di- and you died. 
and your heart gets donated to somebody who's, you know, 50 or 60 years old, and you they have it for maybe, you know, 10, 15 years, and they die, and just works out that, that uh, they can harvest that heart again. Can they harvest it again and use it for a second time? Can it go in multiple uh, people? Could you have a heart that is, you know, the, the everlasting heart? Question. And what a great movie concept that would be. That'd be really good. The heart that won't stop or that keeps on giving or I don't know. That's a good uh, we, idea. We have a, a copyright on that. So if you guys write something <laughs> on based on that, you're screwed. We're suing. The third heart's a charm or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder. I don't know. I can't imagine why it wouldn't be. If they could put it in one person, why couldn't they put it in another, right? I don't think there's anything done to it that makes it unretrievable the second time. That's what I'm wondering. That's a, that, You know, I bet you the question, though, has been posed. Oh, I would think so. And then what are you uh, – if you're going to receive the, the used – the already used once donor heart, mm-hmm. are you going to be like, mm, maybe I'll wait for a new one? <laughs> want a better option yeah that's interesting now do you feel like what was that christian slater movie when he got the heart of the monkey or whatever and so then he takes on monkey attributes or oh don't you (laughs) that's a bad example well you know they've they've done other things like what facial um you know graphs right where i think a whole face was put on a, a lady yeah, Somewhere. the lady who had gotten mauled by the monkey, right? Something like that. Monkey. Yeah. yeah. And then there was, there's been like hand transplants recently, Correct. arms and things yeah, like that. Yeah, limbs and stuff for soldiers are being transplanted that way Is that now. Right? So, yeah, yeah, they can. They're trying it. They're trying it. It's very interesting. You have to wonder what part of your soul lives in that organ or does any of it right. live in there? Well, apparently I'm chatting with lots of people who don't believe there's anything but just, you know, veins and and uh, sinews of life that exist. And really? That's it. Yeah, yeah. I th- and, and maybe on the physical level they're right, but I st- still feel that there's some sort of spiritual, emotional, mind-body connection. I, I'm going to have to tell you, I don't want to be post- posthumously converted to uh, becoming a Mormon, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they just baptize, what's his name? Uh, yeah. Dan- or whatever. No, yeah. Dan... Dan, uh, Dan or what's his name? The, the the reporter that got killed in Afghanistan or yes, wherever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Berg, Daniel Berg. And they, they they baptized him. And they just do that unknowing to anybody else. It, yeah. It's like, and then people are like, well, you know, the, the, they believe that there's this philosophy that since religion's bunk that it doesn't really matter. Kind of matters though, right? I, and it would for, probably matter to. It, it matters to me from a standpoint of uh, from historical revisionism, right? You know, in a yeah. hundred years from now, do, are you going to say that Anne Frank was a Mormon? Oh boy! Yeah, you because know, that's they they did that to her. That's what they're yeah. Very and, interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, she was a Mormon. So then, if you convert all the Jews in the Holocaust, then to, and they're all Mormons, then does that mean that uh, no Jews died in the Holocaust? Because that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's yeah. That's, I don't. I don't understand. You know, or does that make the church at some point when all of those people's heirs are not heir to their estates or whatever be able to go in and get their money? Oh boy! Does that well, mean that you that the church can go in and say, "Well, now that they're Mormon, we are going to move those bodies and desecrate graves"? Where does well, it end? Yeah, where does it end exactly? Where does it end? Right. The slippery slope. <laughs> slippery slope. 
Which sometimes slippery slope arguments make me mad because not all slippery slopes are at the same angle, right? Well, Some are more slippery than yeah, others. Yeah, but there's got to be a reason why people are doing this. I mean, you don't just do it because you want to like some honor just well, you know if you want to honor him just say this is a good person you know you get the honorary you know yeah, i don't fr- think it has fr- anything to do with that yeah fr- you're you're a friend of the mormons we we give you uh, you know you're a good person we like yeah, we're you giving you props yeah we give you props <laughs> we ain't making you know it, it'd be like you know you know honorary jewish conversion the, the jews don't even let if you want to be a jew you don't get to convert they, it's no like you don't walk in and go hey can i be jewish they go no <laughs> Yeah, they tell you no. They you have tell to really, you no. really want it. Yeah, you yeah. have to really, really want it. It's Prove like, that you want to the, be a Jew. Yeah. The, the rule is you have to go, you have to ask like three times. Right. And then the third time they go, okay, now you can start the process. And then once you start the process, it's like a whole year and you got to go through this whole thing in order to, to do it. Yeah, so, to do it. So for them, it's just, you just have to die. And then eventually someone will find your name in a list and convert you. <laughs> It's very strange. Yes. Hmm. Anyways, All right. I'm so sorry. our original question, I think I answered it, right? You did. So. Am I willing to give up some organs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I, I would. I hope they're organs that don't help me process alcohol because I'd really like to keep all of those. <laughs> wow. All right. So here's my random question for you. Okay. Can you imagine a world where all humans, male and female, are bald? And how do you think that world would be different? Man. I'll tell you what. I've seen some bald women, and they are sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Sinead O'Connor bald or chemo bald? Because there's a difference, right? And let's be honest. Um, nobody wants oh, so, to be chemo so, bald, so you're talking, obviously. you're talking like hairless, like like not like stubby hair bald. Yeah, like completely not, slick Not people bald, shaving like, their uh, head. Uh, what's his they, name? Just, hair doesn't grow. Yeah, Patrick Stewart bald, right? Patrick, Wasn't he bald? Uh, yes, yes. Telly right. Savalas bald, yes. Yeah, or me. I'm, I'm getting there, too. So. <laughs> right, but I think the question is, uh, this is good, to, we'll clarify it, that it's a world where no one's ever had hair, and we don't even think about hair. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I, hope, I, I, don't, I think that actually, to be honest with you, even if everybody had no hair, people would do stuff to have hair or something you know they would wear hats they would wear things to differentiate themselves now it sounds to me like what you're saying really is there would be a level of androgyny associated with people i'm wondering maybe right yeah if we if we didn't have the ability to really look at each other from the standpoint of male female uh hair on your head does tend to do that that Mm -hmm. I saw a picture, you know, it, you know, it's like weird when you see a guy who has long, girly looking hair from the back and you right. see them and you're like, is that a girl or a guy? And when you have that moment of you don't know, and then you see it's a guy and it's, and you thought it was a girl, it kind of makes your head go, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's usually right? those guys with the seventies, uh, hairstyle, you know, uh, that yeah, mullet. With a little bit of the Farrah thing going on. Yeah, yes. Mullet thing yes. Going on. yes. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's just, it's, in fact, we got a card for my nephew and it has that guy who was wearing the super short shorts and has the, kind of the long hair. And then you see him from the fr- front and he has a big beard and mustache, uh. you know, <laughs> but from the back, it looks like. Yeah. It could be a girl, a hot chick in short yeah, shorts. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not cause I think he has hairy legs or something. I don't know what the <laughs> story is, but it's that hair. It's that the hair says. I should be a girl. This should be a girl. 
that's what the hair says. So I, I don't, I, I do think though that sometimes the hair does, hair does play too much of a role for people. As, right. Uh, would it, it wouldn't bother me because uh, I, I guess maybe it, there's a, you would quickly forget about the hair thing and you'd be looking more at the personality. And of course, Right. You know, if that's your and, fetish, though, I mean. But for those of us that sort of hide behind hairdos, and yeah. and I think women tend to do this maybe more than men do. Like, we have long hair because we're covering something or whatever, or, or just like the femininity of it. There's an identity attachment to our hair. So... To the point where, like, I know for me, it's a big deal. And my graying hair oh. is a big deal. And literally had a joke with somebody the other day where I said, you know, if someone said to me I could put my head in a microwave mm-hmm. and maybe get brain cancer or maybe or, – or for, but for sure never have gray hair again, I might take my chances with the brain cancer. Like, I don't like my gray hair. And if I knew the microwave was going to cure it, I might do it. So really? Wow. Yeah, that's vanity at a really bad level. Wow. And I think a lot of women put a lot into their hair. So, like, you wouldn't ever donate your hair to locks of blood? Um, I would definitely do that. I never have. I've never been able to grow it long enough to do that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I just haven't. I donate Mm -hmm. blood. That's my donation. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. I I get to donate again here soon because they lifted the restrictions for people who went to Mexico and stuff. To malaria. So, you can... All right, you can redonate. That's nice. Yeah, bald, bald is beautiful. I don't really have no issue with bald, bald Just think women. about the wasted time, okay? I think about that over my life. How many cumulative years have I probably wasted blow-drying, styling, coloring, cutting, washing my mop, right? It would be the, nice not to have to do that. You know, the chick in Star Trek in the original movie, she was bald. She was right. Hot. She was hot. And pretty hot, right? I'm yeah. telling you. You know what? I, I I don't think that that hair is the only only thing that girls got going on. I agree. No, I agree. I think we put too much into it. I know I certainly do. So, and I know that uh, Captain Picard's not getting problem having problems getting the ladies. So. <laughs> I don't true. know. <laughs> Everything that's bald goes to Star Trek. Why I don't know. I don't know. It just does. <laughs> it does. Okay. All right. Should we do one more rep and then? Well, yeah, okay. I I, ha- I I will tell you I do have a couple more. Um, okay. Should, should, you want a softball or you want a hardball? Oh, give me a hardball. All right. What do you think would be your experience if you were all of a sudden dropped into a place where they didn't speak any English, there was nothing in English at all, and you were stuck there for the rest of your life? How would you cope with it? Oh wow. Okay. So initially you're astounded because you don't speak the same language, but you'd, you would adapt, right? And I know that I can adapt in situations. I think so. I, when I went to France and I went there to study the language, so I had a very minimal, basic, basic knowledge. You know, I knew several phrases, et cetera. But within the three weeks, I was already starting to think in French before. Were you? Yes. And dreaming in French. So it may may help that I was much younger then. That might have been a benefit because my brain was less cloudy overall. But I think I, – I don't think that would be a problem for me at all. I think I would figure it out quickly and – because my ambition and my whole goal in life is to get involved and get along and be liked, right, which is not a good thing. It's character flaw of mine. So I would want 
to respond and interact with everybody as appropriately as I could so that they would accept me into their fold, especially well, if I had to live there for the rest of my well, life. Well, what if it was like, um, you know, the alphabet wasn't a English alphabet, but it was Cyrillic, like Russian, or it was, you know, some... Well, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, or, and maybe if my pea brain, I might not be able to get would, the accomplished would, language would, skill. I mean, would you at some point, would that be, a, is it such a barrier to communication? Is, is language a super barrier to communication? I don't think so. And I've hosted enough foreign, non-English speaking people in my home as exchange students or even some family members who've come, who've visited from from other various parts around the world. And we don't have a lot of language in common and we still get along and we still figure out, like the example I can think of is I took children who don't speak English hardly at all to miniature golf and everybody can miniature golf. So it doesn't matter whether you speak English or the same language. We participated in the game. We had camaraderie. There was sportsmanship. There were all these other themes that were communicated without us saying any words. And for the most part, with the exception of some countries, you know, the signage of thumbs up or thumbs down or the OK sign uh, are, are universal. So you can communicate in that way with people. It's superficial and not deep. But it's a way to build a relationship, that's for sure. Well, you know, it's like people see it in the movies, but we do it in real life. You know, and, and here in Florida, I guess we have a lot of Spanish-speaking people. And in uh-huh. California, you probably have the same sort of thing right? in Southern California. And uh, what happens when you meet somebody who does not speak your language? And I don't know, does this go the same direction for non, let's say, Spanish-speaking people that uh-huh. want to talk? where you start to talk slowly and loudly Louder. in your own language. <laughs> yeah, somehow they're hard of hearing. It's not the fact that they don't understand your language. They're hard of hearing, right? Right. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. it, do, and then how long does that last before you, I mean, you, you don't get, in my scenario, you don't get an English to whatever dictionary. You get nothing. There's no app. There's no, yeah, no app for that. It's just you are in it. And you got to win it. And when you think about it, okay, so if you're in that new foreign land and you even go to the computer and the computer is in foreign language, that would be tough. Like if I couldn't Google things and get the answers in English to process, that would be really hard. I guess I just have to resort to, I don't know, whatever the, the, the easiest way to communicate would be. <laughs> I don't know how I would survive, I guess. Uh, That's hard. That's tough. My overall gut feeling is I would get through. It might not be the easiest transition, but I would get through. And I would, my goal would be to get as acclimated to their language as I could. Mm -hmm. That would be me. Cool. All right. right. (laughs) Let's do one more. Right now it's. uh... All right. Okay. Here's the last one I have for you. Mm -hmm. How much money would it take for you to do heroin. Like, you know, if, if, if you could eat a worm, would you eat a worm for $100, wow. right? Wow. But no, you're not eating a worm. You're going to do heroin. Oh, God. And would you do it for any money? Wow. Would I do any heroin for any money? Wow. You know, I've heard this. There's all these kinds of, what would you do for a million dollars? or whatever. Right, you know, right. It, right. It, it's a story is this, you know. Sleep with Robert Redford for a million dollars is such a no-brainer. <laughs> I can't even imagine why they made a movie about that. Yes. <laughs> what a joke, right? Well, right. That's a good question. I, I mean, because I remember in 
in, in boot camp, the, the guy, or no, it wasn't in boot camp. It was on the submarine. The, the couple of guys were talking about it and they were saying, well, <laughs> I'm going to be raw here. One guy says, he goes, so would, would you suck a dick for a million dollars? Right. You know, it, and he goes, you know, a million dollars could buy a lot of mouthwash. <laughs> See? So it wouldn't, all, it wouldn't so, all have to be horrible. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I would, I, I'll tell you what, though. Heroin, the idea of drugs, though, and I guess the thing is that it's not that I'm socially opposed to it. But right. I'm personally opposed to it. Right, yeah. And so I don't think there's any amount of money that would get me to do any sort of drugs. Um, I, really. I mean, drug, at least something like that that will screw me up. I'm already screwed up. So I don't need, I don't need heroin <laughs> to do it. And I don't know that the effects of heroin would be really awesome that would make me go, wow, I'm glad I did heroin. I, you see the ill effects of it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe it's more about what kind of money would you not do it for? Like, you know, if somebody said it's $500 cash, just do this one shot of heroin or whatever. That's well, not enough. Oh, oh, wait, I got to get back to the, the story though. So, oh. you know, so then, and usually they'd get a, a young guy who just came to the boat and they, and they tell him this whole thing about how, you know, you can buy a lot of mouthwash and that sort right, of thing, right? Right, right, right. And, and it goes, and one guy would go, oh, yeah, I would do it. I would do it. And, and so then finally one guy, the guy that they're trying to convince to say, oh, yeah, he'll do it. He goes, yeah, I guess a million dollars buy a lot of mouthwash. Yeah, I'll do it. And they go, okay, well, now that we've found out that you're a whore, well, now we <laughs> just negotiate the price. <laughs> Everybody's got a price, right? right? Yeah. We're just haggling on the price. Right. So, no, but for me, um, doing heroin, doing even what, no matter what, crack cocaine, there is no price because they ain't doing it. You just wouldn't do it. I actually believe you because I think you wouldn't. I think you're very into not doing that stuff, especially to your body, and and that's good. I think for me, I... I don't plan on becoming a heroin user, regardless of the money. But I'm sure I, there's a price that I would definitely agree to. Really? Do <laughs> I think so. I, I, you know, I, and I would be afraid that I would enjoy it, maybe, and then that just leads me down the road of badness. So I, you know, but there's so many other good things to be able to do that probably don't cause addiction or harm. You know, I, I mean, I, I I could say this: I've never even done marijuana. Right. Yeah. You're super uber clean on stuff like that. I, yeah. I am, you know, and it, you kind of wonder, are they going to make it legal in the United States? And then it and then for like the people like myself who've never done it, if the opportunity that came so that you could do it where it was legal and you'd never lose your job and you'd never, right. you know, it would not be a ding against you at all. Then would you do something like that? Which, you, you know, that's a, even a more real kind of hypothetical cue. Right. And the answer to that is, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't like, think legalizing it is going to make me do it anymore. I, yeah, I really don't. And I like to do things that are bad for me all the time. But I don't think legalization is going to lead me down that road. Uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars might. <laughs> now, now here's, the fun, here's the other funny thing is that, okay, so I, I'm totally like, no way do I want to do heroin. Right. <laughs> but then I am like totally jazzed on the idea of doing absinthe. Okay, so 
just because that's legal, it's a hallucinogenic, right? Well, well, see, that's the belief that there's this hallucinogenic effect and it's going to make you see the green fairy and you're going to be like in, you know, it's like LSD. I mean, right. you know, all this kind of craziness that you're going to have visions and you're going to like get an out of, uh, out of body experience and it's going to make you this like, you know, much more creative individual and all Right. And so, so I don't know, but I, I am going to go get myself a bottle of absinthe here probably this week. All right. Yeah. Try that. <laughs> but, but you know, it doesn't have any of the stuff in it that does that to you anymore. The wormwood or whatever, right? What the, what the deal is they make it with wormwood, but okay. they, but then they have a process that removes the actual chemical that caused all of the problems to begin with. So it actually. Is that just on American absinthe or no, is that worldwide? All, now? Worldwide. Oh, okay. All right. But what they did was there was a time where they were selling uh, absinthe in America, and they didn't know how to do that process to remove the stuff. So they sold it using a different – it was called something absinthe something. Okay. But they used a different wood. Oh, interesting. All right. So you're not doing heroin for – Nothing. $1,000, No. Nothing. I know, and I I actually believe you. That's you're very convic- convincing that way. So I'm too scared. I'm just scared that I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do it, overdose and die. And and I guess that's the thing is with absinthe, I don't think I'm gonna overdose and die. Oh, okay. You yeah, know? I don't think about overdosing and dying. I think about liking it, and that's yeah. the worst problem. So, so, well, and then I guess then eventually overdosing and dying. Right. Everything <laughs> is, is well. You know, maybe that's the worst part. But then, of course, you see these movies with these cracked out. Oh. Right, right. Well, yeah. I, I, maybe that's why I'm so adamantly uh, against Whitney Houston and and her death. Maybe there, but for the grace of God, go I. And if I had the kind of money and means to just have whatever drug I wanted, I might partake of it. I don't know. I I don't think I would, but you never know. Yeah, I probably would try. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Good thing we don't live in this hypothetical world, right? No. All right. Well, these were good questions. They, I liked it. They were great. Do you want to talk about the Oscars for a moment? I want to talk about Angelina's leg. Okay. Because <laughs> I have an opinion about Angelina and her leg. I thought it was sexy and it was funny, and I didn't really have an issue with it because it was all done in, in jest, I, I thought. You think she was joking when she did that? I, I thought it was a joke. I don't know. I don't think she was joking. What, wasn't it just supposed to be funny? No. Here's the thing. And I okay. loved this theory, and I'm going to echo it because I heard it the other day on the radio. Okay. That um, Angelina Jolie is a star, right? And yeah. she's a movie star above and beyond a lot. She's really out there. And we all sort of look up to her. And whether you're a fan or not, you still recognize her star quality, right? Mm-hmm. And her life is perfect, and she's got Brad Pitt and the 18 kids from everywhere around the world, and that's great. And she's sort of like a cat because she doesn't need our affection or attention. She's beautiful and amazing and powerful in Hollywood. And she's going to have whatever she wants just because she's Angelina Jolie. And then she comes out onto the stage and she strikes that pose with the leg out. Mm -hmm. And to me and to this person who had, had made this comment as well was that she was really looking for attention, which is unusual for her because she doesn't need to look for it. It's just given to her. And it's unflattering to see somebody who is, so on top of their game, like there's no bigger star than Angelina Jolie, you know, arguably. And she had to do that. And why did she have to do that? Really? Yeah. You really I don't felt, like it. You felt like I it was like, like her grabbing her package up there. 
Sort of. Yes, that's exactly what she was doing. And that she wants people to sensationalize it or whatever. And and frankly, I also think it stems from I thought she looked terribly unhealthy. Like her when you look that thin on television, you're emaciated then because television oh. makes you look a little heavier, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And her arms looked like they were as big around as my big toe. Oh. So I think maybe she's also saying, you know, look at my sexy body and I'm not sick and I'm oh. not you – know, I don't know. It just had a lot of weird connotations to it. I loved the Oscar show. I thought it was great. I love Billy Crystal. I wish he would just say, yes, I'll do it till I die. I know. I don't think we can find a better host than him. We've tried people that aren't any good. Oh. I don't know. That was my take on it. Oh, they made a big deal about Billy Crystal and the black face. Which is his character, like you said, that he's done for 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah, no R- biggie. Ridiculous. And STFU to all those people who want to make fun of uh, Billy or give Billy Crystal a hard time about that because we, we we think Billy is great. Now, yeah, I'll tell you one thing I thought was really interesting that Billy Crystal did that was cool is yeah. he, um, what do you call it, uh, thanked and recognized people who were involved in making different things in the show, like the clip where they did the Wizard of Oz review. Yes. At, after that was over, he said, I want to give props to Eugene Levy and yes. uh, Christine, you know, who did that. And that was a great job that they yes. did. And he was like this really a true gracious host. It wasn't supposed to be like, this is the inside joke. He, once the joke was done and you enjoyed it, he made sure that people um, got the, the appreciation for help, right. their help. Like You're right. I hadn't noticed it. That was very classy on his part. You You're know, right. Yeah. Ve- he thanked um, the people who actually produced the beginning clip. Yes. Not just the actors that helped do it, but also some of the people who helped film it and the company. The behind-the-scenes people. Yeah, he did. Never get the accolade. Never. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was no, you're right. very cool. Very classy. Uh, Billy Crystal, good job. And have you seen the artist? Not yet, but I'm going to. Oh, I, I wished I lived in Florida so I could go with you to see it again because that Jean Dujardin is so handsome. Yeah, what's he the story? Does- I don't know. I don't know. But the boy is so really? handsome. <laughs> really? I can't. I can hardly stand to look at a picture of him because he's just so handsome. And he raises that one eyebrow and he's got those perfectly crooked teeth and he's French. And it's, I, I don't know. It's not Frenchmen. okay the way I feel about this man. So it's, hey, my car's <laughs> made in France. Yeah. <laughs> is it made by Jean Dujardin? Because uh, if it is. Oh, okay. I, take oh, it for a ride. Oh. <laughs> French people. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm smitten with him. Yeah. And I loved that movie and the dog and it was great. And it was, it was just such a neat concept. I, I really hope, I hope they don't try to do more silent movies. I hope this isn't like the 3d trend that takes off now. No, right? like, no, I, hope I don't. This, this is, is a one time thing. Did I you, hope so. Did you get to see Hugo? I still haven't seen Hugo, and it, I need to see it. And it's out on video. So oh, you, is it? Oh, then I'm going to rent it right away. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I've definitely heard wonderful things about it, and I'm sure it's as good as the artist, if not even better. I think they just had to give it to the artist because it was innovative and different. So Yeah. Well, you're going to find that the story, and I, that's what I don't quite understand. Oh, it was Woody Allen that got the, the nod on, the sto- on his story. Correct. For the best screenplay. What was yes. the best? And what was... And, the, of course, the artist got Best Picture, so that was the right. way that went. Right. And, and who got Best Director? Uh, the guy from The Artist. Oh. His wife is also in the movie. Oh, so okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was really good. I, 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 and I liked Midnight in Paris, too. I, 
I was rooting for that one to win. <laughs> Even though Woody Allen's kind of strange, I still like him. So, yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, it was a good show. I loved it. Yeah. And, oh, and the, one, uh, the other thing that it was the lady who won Best Supporting Actress. Oh, yes. Octavia Spencer. Yes. You know, she was totally, what would they call it? Uh, I guess the, as the British say, right? Gobs, right. Gobstruck? Gobsmacked. Gobsmacked, yes. <laughs> verklempt, as your but, people would say. Yes, verklempt, <laughs> yes. She was verklempt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was. And she seemed genuine about it. Sometimes people do that and you get, it's a little bit of an air of, oh, you know, I don't make me accept this award, you uh, know, the whole the, thing. The worst tweet that I saw, because I was tweeting the Oscars. Yes, I tweeted a little myself. Uh, um, the worst one I saw, which made me mad, and I really wanted to respond to it, and I didn't. I let it go. But she says, now I've seen everything. A black woman thanked the state of Alabama. Oh, <laughs> who said that? Some, uh, you know, some celebrity, or oh. not, not celebrity, a quasi, you know, blogger. Fit, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, cyber of, celebrity. Yeah, yeah cyber right, celebrity. Yeah. Right, right. It was kind of like, what the hell? Shut what the, the hell? Shut the fuck up. Shut up, people. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, interesting. I, that lady. No, she was good. I haven't seen the help. Have you seen it? I, I, I have it sitting here on DVD. Right. right. Same thing. Around. We need to watch it. Okay. Then we can talk about it. But I, I do. I am aware of the the very infamous pie scene, which is supposed to be like the big deal. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. I think we all. Yeah. Which we that one a little bit. Well, yeah. Billy Crystal was eating pie. In the movie, so. <laughs> <laughs> good show. It was fun. Good was times. Great. I'm definitely. I'm an Oscar fan. All right. Well, I think we really hit it good here with our hypothetical questions, little Oscar talk, little, uh, you know, hitting the... We talked about everything. We did. Porn, the Oscars, Deadpool. Deadpool. Man. Lottery. Damn. There's a lot of topics today. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap it up. Yep. So, for TJ Talks, I am Jed. And I'm still Teresa. And we will chat with you later. Talk to you later. million dollars could buy a lot of mouthwash. <laughs> <laughs>